Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Wednesday afternoon on your home for Sandful footy, that is SEN. And it's David Adams here for you with four-time Central's Premiership star, Dower Defender, Andrew Hayes. G'day, mate. Dower Defender, thank you very much. I'll, I'll take that. By Dower Defender, Damon, you must mean a bloke who didn't really know how to kick the ball very well, so didn't kick it much and just put fists through the fit, through the pill. Did you judge yourself on disposals per game? Oh, my very goodness gracious me, absolutely not. Because if so, um, that type of operator who could sometimes get through um, a whole game with just the one, maybe two kicks. Please don't judge me on stats. <laughs> Sometimes it's not about stats, great man. Made of the two of us, uh, you've had a lot more <laughs> kicks on a Sandful footy field. Uh, we've just gone through round five, and it's shaping up very nicely this season. We've got four teams equal at top of the ladder at four and one. Yeah, it's uh, an unbelievable ladder. And all of a sudden, for the Bays, we'll get to the ladder a little bit later on, but, I mean, you can be sitting pretty and just one loss will bump you down to fourth. It's unbelievable. It's a tie competition. Uh, as we know in the Sample, it's a top five, but... I mean, quite easily, there's at least two teams outside of the top five who would seem like they could play finals. Yep. They're that good. And also, Port Adelaide is building as well. So, gee, it's going to be tight in the later rounds. But this is exactly what you want to see. Some really tightly contested local footy. Let's start at the Bay there. The surprising result this weekend. Port Adelaide, the Achilles heel of Glenelg. Last year, they were shaping for their undefeated season. The last round of the year, they loaded themselves up with their AFL-listed players. Got them. And they've got them again for the first time in 2022. So Glenelg, it seems, have been um, close to getting pipped. And this was when it finally sort of, I'm not going to say unraveled, because every team at some stage in the top teams will lose. And knowing the Bays are such an absolute champion outfit, this would probably help them. And it's going to put them in a, an even stronger position. They'll learn from all these types of things. But at least two games this year where Glenelg have been done they've been Dead. gone and buried and they've somehow managed to get themselves out of them in particular the crows a few weeks ago no doubt <laughs> 60 point turnaround in the third quarter um and it seemed like they might have escaped with this one as well hugh stag opportunity oh. right at the death it didn't quite get it done full credit to port adelaide though because they've had a really rough time of it with injuries and all sorts of things they're starting to build the afl side is relatively healthy and the big one this weekend for Port Adelaide supporters, if you're thinking about getting along and supporting the boys in the sample, we'll go get a look as it stands right now at Charlie Dixon. Yeah. Because, I mean... The big man is back. However much time he plays, um, it will be interesting to see if he plays a half, maybe three quarters, maybe even a full game. Big game as well against the Eagles. But um, lots to like about Port Adelaide. Don't worry about the Bays. They're still absolutely flying along despite the loss. If you're someone like Dylan Williams... 
playing for the Maggies, and all of a sudden you've got the man mountain that is Charles Dixon coming in uh, next to you. I think you'd be pretty excited about that. And Williams is in some pretty stellar form at the moment. Yeah, he's looking very good, and all of a sudden there's a a shift in who gets the best defender. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, there is <laughs> the big, best two defenders. When big Chuck Dixon comes in there, so. I mean, you do have guys like Luke Thompson from the Eagles who do such a sensational job and would absolutely embrace an opportunity like that. But um, Ollie Lord as well. That yep. means that he probably gets more opportunities. He doesn't quite uh, have as much pressure on him. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting because he generates hype. He generates a lot of attention. And I dare say a few extra people will turn up to see how the big fella goes. Yeah, can't wait for that. Uh, a bit of a nod as well to Lockie Hosey, who kicked five in that game. Uh, the Eagles, they got it done. Two goals each to Dan Mental, Clay Cameron, Zane Williams, and Connor Ballenden. Uh, Central's 50-point loss. It's always going to be tough for the Dogs. Yeah. Um, that is, I mean, you could probably still call it the traditional rivalry. It certainly was back in uh, the Dogs' heyday, particularly coming through the early parts of the year 2000. There was so many grand finals, which... Dogs got the better of the Eagles for the best part, except for the one that I can only remember, and that was 2011. <laughs> uh, but the Eagles are just a really strong, polished outfit. They're just a champion side who, at the minute, it doesn't matter who you take out. You could take out Jack Hayes. You could take out James Cheetahs. They're going to find a way because their depth is unbelievable. They've got a fantastic coach. Riley Knight could still quite easily be playing AFL football. Yeah. He was very, no very doubt. good. 31 disposals. Um, Kai Pudney as well is really finding his feet. 27 disposals. He's a good sample player. Um, he's a running machine and they're just, they've got so much depth. They've got Jimmy Tumpus to come back in there as well. He's had a, another little injury hiccup, but they look really good. And on the flip side of that, the dogs, they're a developing side. It was always going to be tough. I think one of the best stories so far of this season is the form of the Roosters. Now we're going to be speaking to uh, North Adelaide CEO, Craig Burton, later in the show because they have a very special milestone match coming up this weekend. But four and one sitting top of the table, huge win against West. Yep. And again, West Adelaide's probably in that category where there could be some tough games um, for the Bloods this year, but the Roosters are absolutely flying. Another slow start yep. for the Roosters. Maybe their first quarters are a bit of a concern. They had a really sluggish start a couple of weeks ago against the Dogs. But I mean, the talent across the board, uh, we talk about, you know, Andrew Moore, we talk about Aaron Young and some of these listed players. You need to remember as well that they've got a, um, a Gary medalist who's doing some good things yet again, and that is Campbell Coombe. That is just a type of game where you can, you can probably just read the stats and say, well, he's locked in three McGarry votes. 30 disposals, 16 kicks. He had 12 clearances and eight tackles. It's a beautifully <laughs> rounded game. They've got such a polished midfield. Probably, I would say, led by the big fella in there, Mitch Harvey, yep. um, who's just an absolute mountain, who gets his hand on the ball as well, 22 disposals. You'd be excited if you're a Roosters fan, and so you should be. We love Jacob Surgeon, the way that he goes about it. Uh, and like you said, we're going to speak to our Craig Burton shortly, and there's a lot to like, and it'll be a fun place to be at the minute. Jacob Bauer's an interesting one. He's been in and out of the team um, due to concussion and, and various things going on this year, but every time he turns up, He's making an impact. Now, it looked like he was having a quiet game. Kick three snags in the last to we, uh, you know, end up the leading goal scorer of the game. Yeah, and he's one of those ones we probably put a lot of attention on guys like Keenan Ramsey yeah. and big Mitch Harvey when he's up there. But behind the scenes, uh, this young man's doing some very good things.
Finally, the Adelaide Crows, they got up 12-10-82 over the Panthers, 11-5-71. Close all day, that one. Yeah, it was close. And then uh, you just sort of felt like the Panthers had their opportunities. Bryce Gibbs had plenty of attention yeah. early before he finally, I could say, broke the tag and he ended up with 25 disposals. But I'm blaming you a little bit here. You, you spruked him early oh, on and said, on him hard. after the first two <laughs> rounds, McGarry favourite, six votes in two rounds. Oh. They're all shutting him down now. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, the clubs would have done their homework. It's a nice, I suppose it's a sign of respect towards Bryce. That that's how damaging he is, particularly with the amount of clearances that he can rack up. So yeah. they're not junk touches. It's a bloke who's making a genuine impact in the middle. And they're guys like that. There's a handful of guys like that in the sample that you need to stop. And if you can stop, it'll absolutely swing the momentum of the game. So um, the Crows look good because they're healthy and thing about the Crows for next week is they're going to be missing at least two of their listed players. Now, yep. Big Henry's going to be out with concussion, as will Brody Smith. Who's going to um, go out? It's a big question. We'll find out tomorrow. But, I mean, if you had to make a bet, it probably will be James Rowe who joins him. Did Wayne Miller do enough? He had 23 disposals. He didn't absolutely tear the game apart. But more importantly, he got through. He's increasing his fitness, and he got his hands on the pill. That's what they want with Wayne Miller, just to touch the ball because he does some very good things. Um, not listed, but Nathan Freeman continues to do some really good things. Really does. The yeah. Crows look really strong. Harry Schoenberg as well returned to the senior team last week as the Medi sub. You'd think he'd probably stay there after his impact late in the Crows game. Uh, let's look ahead to round six. This is breakthrough community round for the Sandful. Uh, so this weekend, raising awareness about the need for vital mental health research. It's going to see many jo uh, clubs join breakthrough in raising money for the research. It's going to see the players and the umpires uh, wearing purple and blue armbands in matches this weekend as part of raising the awareness about addressing mental health. First game up, Crows taking on the Bloods. Of course, it'll be at High Sense Stadium. Another one, a tough one, you would think, for the Bloods, who are probably going to be missing Hamish Hartlett again. He's got a bit of a hamstring injury. Um, on that, like we've said, though, they will be missing some troops to Crows. Um, next game will be the Redlegs taking on the Panthers. That's going to be at Cooper Stadium. That's a really important game for the Redlegs, who haven't been winning as much as they'd like to, but you can't ride off the red legs yep. because they still look good and you know that they can charge home. They went down to Sturt, who were flying, by the way. Um, that was at Unley last weekend. So they will absolutely want to win against a side who's in the exact same position. I predicted South Adelaide would almost win the premiership, if not be a lock for top three. And right now they're currently sitting in a spot where they'd not like to be, and that is seventh on the ladder, two and three. But again, still so much talent, and they're one of those sides who you could quite easily make a case that they probably deserve to be in the five, but they haven't been getting the wins. Port Adelaide against the Eagles at Albert, and you said the crowd would come for Charlie Dixon. Can Charlie turn the form of Port around to get over this game? I'd still be backing in the Eagles. They're just such a classy outfit, and I think I'd be surprised if Charlie plays more than maybe a half. Yep. I mean, he hasn't played all year, so... This is a prime example, a prime opportunity, just to really ease him back in. But as we know, when we have seen Charlie Dixon in the sample, he's had a couple of little uh, comeback games from injury in there, and he, he loves it. He embraces it. I remember a game at Alberton where he was playing against Norwood, and the traditional rivalry was still there, and Charlie was right in amongst it and <laughs> getting stuck into the crowd and just absolutely lapping it up. So 
Uh, however long he does play, he is absolutely going to put in 100% and put on a show. Game of the round. You're going to hear this one on SEN on Sunday. 100 years of prospect oval is being celebrated north against the Tigers. It's going to be a ripper. Yeah, this is um, the game of the round for a good reason. So 4-1 and one up against 4-1 and one as well. Roosters are so hard to beat at prospect, but no matter where they play, you just cannot ride off the base. Particularly as well off the back of a loss. This will be interesting to see what the base can do. They're a genuine champion side. There are so many cha- uh, premiership players from a few years back in there. Um, and you mentioned before, he might be my favorite player, Lockie Hosey. Yeah. Purely because of his celebration. This is, a, <laughs> this is a bloke who knows how to throw in a fist pump. He knows how to strut around. He's just fun to watch. So I hope Hosey does well. And who no, knows what the Bays can do? I think he'd be brave um, to absolutely tip against the Roosters, but surely will be close. We're going to be speaking to Pat Wilson later in the show from the Double Blues. They face up against Central District District on Sunday afternoon at Wigan Oval. Uh, Double Blues, get it done? Double Blues, you would expect uh, to get it done. Uh, I hate tipping against the dogs. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's some strong sides that they're coming up against, and uh, particularly at Unley. It doesn't really matter how well Sturt's going. There's something about playing at Unley. It is the smallest ground in the competition, but... It's just hard to play there at the best of times, particularly when Sturt's up and about. It's a big show coming up here on the Sandful Show. North Adelaide CEO Craig Burton will join us. Our past player this week is assistant coach of the Bloods, Adam Hartlett. Yes. Can't wait for that chat. And for the Double Blues, a man who is in great form at the moment, Pat Wilson. All coming up on the Sandful Show. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show on SEN for your Wednesday afternoon. Damon Adams and Andrew Hayes here with you. Hazy, I'm not sure at the start of the season we could have looked forward to five rounds in and thought, it's the time of the Roosters. Sitting on top of the ladder at four and one with a milestone game to come this week, and it's all coming up in North Adelaide. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the start of the year, you'd be pretty um, foolish to tip against North Adelaide just with the list that they've got. Uh, they've got so many good, solid, experienced players. Um, we love the way that Jacob Surgeon goes about it, uh, and everything is coming together beautifully at the right time. They're playing some great footy. Well, this weekend is a very special one. North Adelaide celebrating 100 years at Prospect Oval. Let's check in with their CEO, Craig Burton, who joins us on the Sandful Show. G'day, Craig. How are you, mate? Uh, Really well, thanks, guys, and thanks for having me. It's going to be a really special occasion this weekend. 100 years since North Adelaide hosted Glenelg in the first Sandful League game to be played at Prospect Oval. A little bit of history in the making. It is, isn't it? uh, I I don't mind uh, looking. Back in time and a bit of history, um, you know, our history committee have uh, done a terrific job compiling information across all the years since, uh, I think, 1888 about the club and uh, and some of the 100 years uh, images that I've seen. There's a great team photo of the, of the 1922 team uh, uh, running around the place. I've, I've seen a few times, but uh, no, look, it's great to uh, celebrate these milestones. The Sandford do a great job of honouring their history and traditions. Is this an idea, the 100-year the celebration, that you've approached them with a long way out? Did they sound it out? How did it come about? Um, well, our um, history committee first raised it. Um, probably I first knew of it when I started about six months ago. And I just thought then that this is a significant time in our history that's never going to be repeated again. So we need to 
to maximise it as best we can. So, you know, I, I made sure our local City of Prospect uh, knew about it and, and, of course, the SANFL. And then, uh, you know, as these events get closer and closer, you, you ramp up the publicity because, we're, you know, we play every week, so you can't, you can't go, uh, go too early. But, yeah, this is the week to really uh, let everyone know. Sunday, one ten, uh, the Roosters hosting the Bays. Um, take us through, I suppose, some of the festivities that fans can get involved in. Yeah, look, uh, we, we haven't gone uh, really overboard, I suppose, um, but definitely uh, the pre-game um, lunch, which uh, we are, we're looking at uh, probably in excess of 150 in our function room, uh, honouring some um, past players. Uh, we've got Mick Redden coming down and, and Daryl Hart, and we're just waiting to get confirmation on a few uh, Glenelg guys. So we'll, we'll talk about the rivalry between the two clubs, and that's quite evident uh, if you go back to the 70s and, and 80s. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, this era can create their own rivalry. Um, and then uh, it's pretty much uh, game on. A one ten game doesn't give you a lot of time to, to do anything, but we've got the reserves before us. And then our, our women's team, uh, last minor round game, they're sitting top of the ladder, so hopefully they'll finish the minor round on top. Strong all in all grades, um, Berto. Take us through the league side in particular. I mean, you must be happy with, with their progress, albeit... I don't think it should surprise too many people where you guys are at. Um, look, I, I think uh, early in the season or before we started playing, no one really rated us outside of the club. Um, you know, Jacob and Daryl Wintle and, and our president, Andrew Suter, did a lot of work pre-season in getting some new people into the club. We, we lost a lot of experienced players. And those uh, new people have come to the club for the right reasons and and are playing good footy. So I think our uh, our lift has come from those guys. And and also the existing players have um, taken more responsibility on and, and are just playing a good brand of footy. In regards to a marquee game, Sunday, one ten. it's a celebration. You couldn't hope for much better fixture than this with both the Roosters and the Tigers in a very healthy position in terms of their form at the moment. Yeah, I think if you sat down at the beginning of the year and, and did your fixture, you looked at this game and you might have thought, oh, you know, Glenelg undefeated virtually last year, apart from the grand final, coming up against North, who unfortunately uh, got eliminated in the first final. You, you might not have thought it was as good a game, but right here and now you're looking at probably two of the form sides in the competition, two with a bit of rivalry, plus the, the milestone game, Um it is on Mother's Day. Um, we're probably, um, unfortunately, that's just how it's fallen. We I can take mum along. Those people. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> correct, and we uh, and we are um, inviting uh, some of the mums of our players along to our uh, pre-match. So that'll be great to to uh, yeah honour honour them on such a special day. North and Glenelg have, have such an intertwined history as well, particularly the grand finals of the '80s, where the two clubs just went head to head. Is it great to have that relationship with another club that just wants to get involved with the history? Oh, for sure. I think all what I've noticed is all the SNFL clubs um, help each other out where where they can. Obviously, not so much on a football sense. But off the field, um, we work really well together. Um, and you know, you you got a lot of rivalries. You've got the obvious ones, you know, Norwood and Norwood and Port, Port and Sturt. Uh, Port seem to have. <laughs> a lot of rivalries, but, but we, you know, we've got our own. And, and, and that Glenelg one, you know, if you look back, you know, even the last 50 years, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Mate, it feels like local footy is making a nice comeback. Uh, I bumped into you a couple of weeks ago when you guys um, hosted the Dogs and you touched them up very nicely. 
Um, but it just sort of felt like uh, crowds across the board, it feels like they're increasing. You guys do a fantastic job. I took my four-year-old out there, and he's not quite old enough to get stuck into the game, but geez, he got his face painted, and he was on top of the world. You gave him some chocolates as well as some girls getting around giving him some Easter eggs, but there's a really nice feel about local footy at the moment, like things are pretty much returning back to normal and, and maybe going a step above. Yeah, you're right, Hazy. Um, you know, that particular day, that was Good Friday, um, good opportunity for people to, to come along. I think we, we topped 2,500 people, which is great. It's a pretty pretty good vibe at the footy, family-friendly. Um, you know, it's, it's just fantastic. It's easy to get in and out of. Um, so it's a great alternative to, to I guess, the AFL. But um, uh, the SNFL is in a good position at the moment. I hear Prospect Oval has some good walls for trucks to drive along as well. <laughs> yeah, that was my kid, Virto, who um, was just driving his trucks <laughs> along the uh, opposition bench. Virto, <laughs> uh, for, for fans, for Roosters fans, maybe long dormant Roosters fans that haven't got back to Prospect Oval yet, what, what's the sell? What, what can they get along and see if they come along to the footy? Look, what, what I'm observing in the first uh, five rounds is just a really good style of footy. It's... Um, it's that uh, run from behind, it's play on, try and move the ball quickly. We've got a good mix of inside mids and, and outside players with some skills to find the find their teammates. So you'll you'll see a game of attacking footy. You know, we try and kick kick more goals in the opposition whilst, you know, defending is uh, is very important. It's also an attacking mindset that you'll uh, you'll see with our boys this year. Hey, Craig, before we let you go as well, mate, obviously you keep an eye on Port Adelaide's progress in the AFL. Um, good to see them string a couple of games together and um, your young fellow Ryan's playing some bloody good football at the minute. Yeah, he's, has, he's having a, a reasonable, reasonably good run um, and that's, yeah, uh, hopefully they've turned the corner and this week's pretty important against... The Bulldogs, but I think uh, if they play anything like they have over the last couple of weeks, and even in the games they lost, I think there were some, uh, some definitely some signs against uh, Brisbane and uh, and the Crows. One just got away from them, so uh, hopefully they uh, yeah they just keep uh, keep rolling on. Humble dad, not wanted to pump his son's tyres too much. <laughs> <laughs> He's played bloody well. Hey, uh, Craig, all the best for this weekend. It's going to be a fantastic occasion. North Adelaide celebrating 100 years at Prospect Oval. Uh, 100 years to the day where they played Glenelg for the first time at Prospect. You'll hear it live on SEN from 12.30 on Sunday. But, of course, the game kicks off from 10 past 1. Uh, North Adelaide CEO Craig Burton, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone on Sunday. Cheers. It's Damon and Hazy on The Sandful Show. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Sample show for SEN with Damon Adams and Andrew Hayes. Hazy, each week we like to turn back the clock and look at a past player, a great of the Sandful. Mm, a great of the Sandful. And jeez, I mean, did we go to the top shelf this week? We're talking uh, one of the greats from the Bloods, former AFL player too, mind you, uh, and most importantly, a Bloods Premiership player who's still in the system as an assistant coach uh, out at West Adelaide. His name is Adam Hartlett. Hartsy, good afternoon. Thank you, Hazy. It's um, yeah, it's, it was a bit of a surprise to get the, uh, the text <laughs> come out yesterday, mate, and uh, and asked to be on the show. But it's an absolute pleasure. I love uh, obviously talking footy and talking about the Bloods, and and more importantly, talking about myself. So, <laughs> Hard good <see>. combination. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little bit of trepidation that I can hear in your voice because I, I think 
maybe the uh, the suspicion that Hazy is here to tell you up. Um, it, it could be high at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a few stories that uh, most of the footy public are aware of, and a few more personal ones that Hazy is probably more <laughs> uh, knowledgeable of uh, as well. That uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pop up in the next five to ten minutes. Well, it's funny that you uh, should mention that. Let's start there. No, I'm just kidding. What I will say is that um, you've got players who leave their heart and soul on the field, and you're one of them, Adam. Um, you're also one of those players who um, leave their heart and soul at the nightclub. So 2015, <laughs> 2015, you win a flag with West Adelaide. Take us through what that was like for you. I got to see you in full action and you celebrated very well, but it was a really, really special time and a great experience. Uh, it was huge, mate. I, um, yeah, after, you know, sort of uh, the disappointment of being let go by Carlton um, at the end of 2010, uh, sorry, 2009, I, my focus for me uh, was to get back to West Adelaide and, um, and to either play 100 games of senior footy for the club uh, and get my name up on an honour board or, or win a premiership. And I was, I was lucky enough through my seven years to, to tick off the premiership. Um, after having um, some disappointment in 2012, we went down to Norwood uh, in a grand final, uh, bombed out in a prelim the year after and, and then really bottomed out uh, with, under Mark Mickens' first year at the club uh, where we just tried to tank for a few things. Uh, and I was just thinking to myself, geez, <laughs> I don't know if this, this premiership's coming around any time soon. But, um, yeah, 2015, it, it all sort of clicked. And we got great people to the club, including folks like yourself, Hazy, and obviously Justin Hardy, who had tasted lots of premiership success at at, uh, at the Doggies. So, um, yeah, we just uh, got things going at the right time. We snuck into third place, got the double chance, and um, were able to knock off the Eagles um, in the GF and um, yeah, as you mentioned, mate, it, it it was just it was one of the the highlights for me as a as a uh, athlete and a footballer um, to win a premiership at state league level and um, as you mentioned, celebrated accordingly. <laughs> accordingly, I, I was working for my mum at the time. She she got me back into work on the Wednesday and I was pretty oh. rough still for a couple of days. But I reckon Brad Helbig's still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you're you're right. What was his little his little uh, saying? I, I won one, and I think I, I've heard yeah. him say that about uh, two or three times a day ever know. since then. So, um, and the other thing is, it was Tuesday. So the the big day is Tuesday at at the brewery, and obviously things are going to change up uh, now in the last sort of couple of years because the brewery doesn't really exist anymore. But I just remember seeing you guys turn up. Uh, just a pack of absolute dishevelled messes. <laughs> yeah. uh, most blokes were just pale white. I just remember thinking, well, I know it was Sunday, but you've gone far too hard on a Monday and you guys didn't time this too well, but somehow no. you broke through and celebrated accordingly. Yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. That was a, gr- a ripping day. Like, that's just iconic, that, that day at the brewery where you... You, you just uh, lock yourselves into a little function centre and um, obviously after unveiling the flag, but w- watch the, the replay of the grand final and reminisce a little bit um, whilst having a couple of West Ends and some pizza as well. It's, it's a cracking day. Um, and oh, it's a bit gross, this story, but we're on the little bus, <laughs> on the bus on the way down there and I was sitting next to Riley Neal and he was turning a bit green and um, he, he grabbed a box of pizza shapes 
<laughs> just held his guts up straight into the oh, into this box of shapes. Oh, yeah. So you're not wrong. We were pretty dishevelled at that point and hadn't timed our run too well. But um, I don't think we changed too much. Hopefully, fantastic. the celebrations post didn't cloud the memory of how the 2015 Grand Final actually played out. Is there a moment from that game that stands out to your heart? Um. Oh, it. it to be honest, I, I do reflect on that day a lot, and I just I can't believe how quick the day went. I, I just remember getting to quarter time and going, "Shit!" Like we we're, we're playing good footy here, and we're up, and we we sustain this for another you know um, hour and a half, and we we're, we're home kind of thing. And um, the the funniest story out of that day is um, Shannon Green kicked uh, a goal at like the 28 minute mark of the final quarter to put us six goals up and um and phil uh, aaron Philkey ran past me and he was smiling and goes we've got this heart and i i was just like in the zone and i was just like bro like i was swearing at him like get back to your position switch on like it's not <laughs> over yet because i was just petrified that that in the next 30 seconds of footy eagles are going to go on a heater and kick eight goals <laughs> you know i just i was just so in the zone and in I, I wish i could could have just relaxed a little bit and soaked up the last five minutes of of the game and you know soak the crowd in and but man i was just like that, there was something I just wanted so bad to win that premiership, and I was just like, I'm, I'm playing this out until the final siren kind of thing. So, uh, the yeah, it's funny. I, I just remember cooking uh, filks, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a funny one. Oh mate, it was so fun to watch you guys celebrate, and just the fans as well. It's so. I suppose refreshing or it really touches when you see fans that are genuinely in tears because they've been starved of premiership success and all those types of things. Uh, mate, we'll move on to now and obviously you're in the coaching space as an assistant at the Bloods um, and I don't want to embarrass you here but it's it's not just me saying this, it's people across the board. At some stage you're going to be coaching a league team, where that's going to be, who knows but that's probably what you're destined for if you want to do that. The coaching thing, how long's it been burning for you? Yeah, it's it's a funny one, Hazy. I appreciate those words too, mate. I um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really passionate about it. Uh, I'm really passionate about coaching the Bloods at the moment and and loving my role as as an assistant there and and trying to help improve uh, our squad um, and the players individually. But it is funny when I was still playing um, under Andy Collins, who was a, a coach of of mine at Westies. I, I remember. It, him saying to me one day, you're going to make a great coach. And at that time, you know, I was, it was didn't even, you know, cross my mind. I was in leadership groups and that sort of stuff. But yeah, he just sort of said, you've got a great footy brain. You get on well with a lot of people. You're going to make a great coach. So um, I, I vividly remember that, but not thinking that much would come from it. Um, and then as I got to the back end of my, my playing career at Westies and, and the impact I, I suppose I had on on a lot of players, younger guys coming up to me asking, you know, lots of questions about the game and how they should prepare and and, and you know some more crafty and technical aspects of the game. I I had all these answers for it and I was just like, shit, Colo might be right here. <laughs> the um and I, I do I, I genuinely enjoy helping people and and building relationships and that sort of stuff, mate. So. Yeah, I um, after retiring in 2016, uh, moved up to Mildura um, to transition out of playing and and, um, and get into the coaching caper. And 
Um, yeah, I, I was coach of the Imperial Football Netball Club up there, uh, who was so good for me and my family, um, understanding uh, where I wanted to get to and really supportive um, of, of the, you know, the time we had up there. And, and then, you know, lucky enough after three years to, to come back to Adelaide and first uh, signed at, at Glenelg as an assistant coach for 12 months and, um, you know, the last two years uh, or 18 months been at been back at the Bloods where it all sort of started for me. So, um, yeah, as I said um, earlier on, doing my level three in coaching at the moment, uh, which is a little bit time-consuming, which is absolutely fine because I love it and it's something I want to do. So, um, yeah, just got to keep working hard, um, hopefully get some wins for the blood soon and, um, yeah, keep chipping away. Oh, mate, we're enjoying watching your coaching journey. Just before we let you go as well, it would be criminal of me not to bring up uh, I mean could you call I, I wouldn't call it a career highlight but just um, <laughs> a very interesting moment in your playing career take us through and I've seen it via uh, meme form about six or seven times this uh, player to fan interaction involving Adam Hartlett I reckon the bloods be stirred one day yeah yeah so <laughs> the uh, it was a game at West Adelaide we were stinking it up um, throughout the course of the season. We are playing 10-1 to 1 to win this game against Sturt, who were flying at the top of the ladder. And um, I remember before the, the game, Schmitty, Chris Schmidt was our uh, captain at the time, my captain, and he brought all the players into the meeting room, kicked all the coaches out, and he just said, boys, let's just get into these blokes today. I don't <laughs> care if you start fights, this and that and everything else. And I'm just like, you beauty, let's go. <laughs> And, up. Um, <laughs> and so I've, we've, we've done our warm-up, gone out to our positions, and I've lined up uh, centre-half back on their skipper at the time. Oh, his name escapes me. I sh- it shouldn't escape me because he's absolutely gun. Was, it, was yes. it Michael Code? Yeah, Michael Code, yeah. Yeah, and so a bit of push and shove, a few words, um, jumper punches, and then he actually cocked one back and landed one on my chin before the bounce. So I reciprocated. The umpire <laughs> saw it, and uh, they kicked it, they kicked a goal before the games even started. And of course, all the Sturt supporters there are just into me. Um, and then halftime rolls around, and Schmidty's getting tagged. We, we, I think we we're just up, and um, Schmidty was getting tagged, and he grabbed me, Ben Fisher, and maybe one or two others, and said, "Look, I'm." I'm going to whack this guy. But when I do, you've got to be there to look after me kind of thing. So there's a ball up, there's a stoppage at centre wing in front of the grandstand and, and um, we're sort of waiting around for the umpire to, you know, organise the, the stoppage and, and you just hear someone get thumped. And yeah. Schmitty, I look up, Schmitty's like eyes are white and he's sprinting towards me with a few other Sturt players after him. <laughs> And, uh, and then it was on from there, and it was just like a, it was a brawl. And the umpires flicked the ball up to try and uh, break it up, and the ball's gone down through for a point. And anyway, I've come out of this scuffle and um, and run down to take the kick in. And as I've leant over to, to pick the ball up, this, I've seen out of the corner of the eye, this third supporter come down, and he's given me a mouthful of lip. And um, as he leant over the fence to berate me, I, yeah, just gave him a little clip. So uh, I, I, I didn't think much of it. And then um, Graham Barton, who 
uh, was on the board at the time, is was a copper, and he said, oh, you, you're going to be in some trouble there, mate. And uh, Anyway, I ended up copping four weeks for it, and um, yeah, yeah, oh. it, it's... Uh, it's not one of my proudest moments. I'd like to think I conquered a bit more on the footy field than uh, snot and some Sturt supporter. But uh, it's yeah, in hot, it's it is it's yeah. It, 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 that's just what I was like though. I was just I, I had this white line fever, uh, and it's funny meeting players um, out on the town or outside of footy. They just can't believe how different I am to when I am on the field. I just get so competitive and so passionate about my teammates and the, the jumper I'm wearing that I tend to do some silly things but um oh well no regrets i I was one of them (laughs) i I was absolutely one of them we played a couple of games uh against you uh for the dogs and i reckon you um michael code style cocked the one back and got a few of the dogs boys (laughs) and we go this guy's there's something wrong with this guy and then i'd i'd bump into you at mansions and we'd have uh, one of the best nights ever (laughs) that's right (laughs) i know Uh, and it's yeah I've, i've run into a few players and they're, they're just like their head spinning. They're expecting me to be some psycho um, off the field, but no, nah, it's just uh, once I cross the white line. Unfortunately, the uh, yeah, the brain goes a bit foggy. He's one of the great personalities of the Sandful. The prodigal son returned home to the Bloods. The 2015 Premiership star. Uh, and now assistant coach Adam Hartlett, mate. If you want to catch up with the full podcast of that extended version there's more stories to be told make sure you jump on the sandful show podcast search for that adam hartler thanks so much for joining us mate no thanks for having me guys pleasure what a great pass player (laughs) your your grin is as big as a cheshire cat right now (laughs) yeah no like in all honesty and uh i don't want to embarrass him again but uh, i mean adam hartlett's the type of bloke that absolutely every team would want because like like you mentioned, he would go out and put in a 110%. The passion, the intensity. There would not have been a single person, either at Carlton, um, up at Mildura, at the Bloods, that didn't absolutely love playing with him. And he's absolutely the type of blokes um, that gets people to a football club. Yeah. So the Bloods are very lucky to have him at the moment. Where he ends up is going to be very interesting because he's going to be a very, very good senior coach. He's got a good mix of positive relationships and probably knowing the right time to be firm as well with players. And as we know now with coaching, it is so important to have strong relationships with your players. Adam Hartlett was our guest. This is The Sandful Show, thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. SEN Sandful Show, Damon Adams, Andrew Hayes here with you for a Wednesday afternoon. Hazy, we haven't really discussed the our boys of the Sandful Show. Uh, we've, we've sounded out some guys that are in some great form so far this year, and this man is one of them, Patrick Wilson for the Double Blues. Nine goals from five matches this year. He's averaging a little over 25 disposals, five clearances, it's it's reading pretty well for Pat this year. Yeah, it is. Uh, and purely with Pat Wilson, it's about his body. He's had a few injury struggles. Uh, and now we're starting to see the fruits of someone who's absolutely fit and flying. And he joins us right now. Uh, Patty, good afternoon to you, mate. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for jumping on board. First and foremost, mate, um, the form of the Double Blues at the minute, you guys must be happy with the start of the season. Yeah, we're going really well. We're flying. Um, we're four and one, so 
yeah, I can't really complain. Marty's pretty happy and it's pretty good energy around the club. Uh, importantly as well with you, your body, it seems, is in a really good spot. How is your fitness? Yeah, everything's pretty good on my end. Um, had a really good pre-season and, yeah, I've got full confidence in my body at the minute. I was a bit unlucky last year, but that's how pretty goes sometimes. We, we spoke to Marty Batner a couple of weeks ago and it sounds like he's got the club in a really good space and really shaping up to give the Premiership a shake this year. Of course, um, you unfortunately missed the 2016 Premiership when you were having a shoulder reconstruction at the time. How hungry are you for the ultimate success in the Sandville? Yeah, yeah. Especially 2016, I was really hungry because, yeah, obviously I missed out and it, it drove me really hard to... Um, find the extra edge for 2017 but I think the club's in a different different stage now, a lot of those players aren't there anymore but myself, um, Battersby Guy Page, a few of us older blokes who have experienced that premiership success, we, we're really driving the younger group and we're really hungry to yeah, experience, experience the premiership again, so yeah, I can't complain when you say you're driving the younger group, is it is it is it conversations? Is it vision? Um, what sort of I mean, what sort of feedback do you give some of these younger blokes to to tell them how good it is? Uh, it's it's probably more just around the standards. We want we want to be known as you know elite elite club across the competition. And I guess when when I was coming through the ranks, I had the Zane Kirkwoods, Fraser Evans, Jack Stevens, and just just being there to lean on for the younger blokes like. I know it's hard, like when you're coming through sample footy, it's a big step up and just being there to guide them at training. Yeah, the vision, um, leadership, just, yeah, just looking out for them. Of course, you've gone through the, the AFL system as well, Pat, but when it comes to a Sandful team, how much is it on the individual's shoulders uh, to push their own standards and, and how much do you need to reflect that to the younger t- guys on the team? Yeah, definitely. The difference with AFL and Sample is you probably don't have the same contact hours as you do in AFL. And, you know, it's, it's probably more the work you do behind the scenes that people don't really see. So it's just really about reiterating that, yeah, you've got to be doing all the extras and making sure you're 100% ready to go for the weekend. So how has your approach changed across the years then? Um, you know, at, at 27 now, you're in as good a form as you've been. So um, how are you approaching your own personal preparation? Uh, not much has changed for me. I guess the, the beauty of being in the AFL system is you, you learn off like the elite players. So I've just, I've really just nailed down my week to what gets me ready to go on the weekend. And I'm just trying to train as much as possible, do all the main trainings. And the big focus for me now as I'm getting a bit older is recovery and just looking after my body. Mate, uh, let's talk about some of your teammates. Abe Davis, six goals oh. <laughs> against the Redlegs. Um, what is he? Is he a midfielder? Is he a forward? Um, if he is purely a forward now, he's doing a good job of it. Yeah, Abe's in, Abe's in great form. Um, he'll probably tell you he's a midfielder, but <laughs> he's, uh, he's, I think he's too big to be a midfielder, but he's he's been great for us up forward. You know, he got a, the last couple of weeks, he's been really good, but a bit of reward on the weekend in a big game. That was That was unbelievable, and you know, hopefully he can just continue to keep doing that for us for the rest of the year. Now, Tom Lewis, Casey Voss, Will Kumbulis and yourself, we uh, saw you named as part of the West End State squad last week. Um, did you get along and have a training last week? Uh, I didn't last week. I uh, was a bit sick. So I, yeah, put the feet up, but popped out last night. All four of us were there. So, 
yeah, that's really exciting. And if, if they give me the opportunity, I'd love to be involved. So, I mean, you just sort of answered the question there, but I mean, the, the, the chance to go over, particularly on a road trip to Perth, I mean, how does that sit with, I suppose, the entire squad? Everyone would be super keen for it, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. I think any time you get the chance to uh, play for your state, it's exciting. And, you know, going over and playing at Optus, a- Optus Stadium against the WA, which is a really decent competition, is, yeah, I think it's something that a lot of blokes are really looking forward to. It really has been an impressive start, as we said, to the Double Blues season. Um, the only game you've dropped was a very, very tight one against the Tigers. You're shaping up against the Bulldogs this Sunday uh, at Wigan Oval now. I think you can get the Bulldogs. What, what's, <laughs> what, what's the prep like for you this week? Oh, it's a bit cliche, but, you know, just, um, just do the basics. Um, just treat it as any other game. But I, I, I'm really confident in the group, and we're really confident that if we can go 5-1 and one coming into the bye, it really sets us up for a, a strong middle of the season. So, yeah, it's a, it's a massive game for us, and I'm sure the Central is going to be hungry for a win. Mate, particularly your home games, what's it feel like in terms of atmosphere? Does it feel like, I mean, you've been in the system for a long time. Does it feel like footy is well and truly back? Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, we've got only one grandstand at the minute, so everyone's piled down one end of the oval. So <laughs> every time we're kicking down that end and you kick a goal, the atmosphere's electric. So, yeah, I, I love playing on the oval and we always get a really good turnout no matter who we're playing. So we've got some really loyal and... Um, supportive supporters, so it's great being at Wigan Oval. Well, Paddy, it's great seeing you in some fantastic form and, and so as of the Double Blues as well. It's been a great start to the year. We're looking forward to seeing uh, the progression throughout, mate, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon. Paddy Wilson from Sturt, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And that is this week's Sandful Show. Hazy, a, a fantastic one. Um, as we said earlier, there's an extended podcast of Adam Hartlett fantastic storyteller, past player for Westies that you definitely should catch up with. So search The Sandful Show on your favourite podcast app. Oh, look, what I will say is if you're just tuning in right now and you do remember Adam Hartland and just a little <laughs> bit of an interaction he had with the Sturt supporter back in the day, um, the build-up, which we found out <laughs> today, to that incident, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. To say the least. <laughs> uh, we touched base with North Adelaide CEO Craig Burton and, of course, Patrick Wilson there. Uh, a big round of The Sandful coming up. Game of the round, as we said, Roosters, Glenelg. Geez, that's going to be a tough one to call. Um, both sides have had such a good start to the season. I'm going to say the Roosters purely Ooh. because of the occasion and it's on their home deck. Prospect Oval is just so hard to to play. But, oh, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to probably be wrong because this is a Glenelg side that's coming off the back of a loss. Exactly. Fired up. Tigers going to come out snarling. You'll you? hear that game. Yeah, I've got the Tigers for sure. Mm, yeah. uh, you'll hear that game broadcast live on SEN, 12.30 Sunday. West, the Bloods v. the Crows, 12.30 Saturday. We're going to be back next week, Casey. Enjoy. Get down to some local footy games. We're here thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. This is The Sandful Show. We'll catch you next week. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.